You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. My guest today is actor Greg Ellis, known for his roles in the Pirates of the Caribbean and Titanic, Hawaii Five-0 and 24, just to name a few. But Greg recently made headlines when he revealed his own Hollywood divorce crucifixion and court saga in a call to reform the family court system. Greg Ellis launched the nonprofit Children and Parents United, aims to promote and improve child well-being by offering help and resources and in turn reducing conflict of those children and parents navigating our current family law systems. Well, Greg also launched his new book, The Respondent, exposing the cartel of family law that delivers a true life, unvarnished first-person account of his own family breakdown. Let's welcome actor, author, and advocate for a fair divorce, Greg Ellis. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be on. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, Greg, I read your book, The Respondent, from cover to cover. It was a gut-wrenching to read your personal story as it was Gone Girl on steroids, but a story so many other fathers are living today. So my first question to you is, are you okay today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm more concerned about the the tens of thousands of parents and and children going through, I call it corrupt. It's almost run by a crime syndicate. Um, our family law system. So, um, but I appreciate you asking. Yeah, after I after I read your book, for some reason I woke up the next morning, and I'm a man of man of faith and prayer, and I started literally praying for you and your sons because mm. the story just touched me so much. It was very bothersome to hear it. I mean, I've never gone through divorce. I've been married for 34 years, but uh, to hear that story, and and what inspired you to write this book, the respondent. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I didn't think that I would ever be, uh, I'd never actually heard the words family law uh, six years ago. I was 20 years married, uh, living in the house and home that I found for my children and family to grow up in and retire there. And uh, the cartel of family law suddenly showed up on my doorstep on March 5th, 2015. What inspired me to write the book? Well, you know, it's part memoir, part meditation, and I think part manifesto, really. It's a portrait of perhaps the most Uh, misunderstood aspect of the American legal system, family law. It's the one branch of our legal system that doesn't provide a presumption of innocence. That means that criminals, uh, rapists, murderers, terrorists, pedophiles, all get the presumption of innocence. But our families, our parents, our children don't. Um, The book's a guidebook, uh, hopefully an indispensable read for not only parents and, and partners, but mothers, fathers, extended family members, enjoying the grief of child separation, but all interested in learning about the gross overreach and unrelenting brutality of family law. Um, I, wrote, I wrote the book really, I didn't want to write the book, frankly, I had to. Uh, I wrote the book to make sense of that government-sponsored devastation of my life and destruction of my family. I wrote it to let my boys, my children know that I had not abandoned them. Uh, I wrote it to tell other, other similarly situated men that they are not alone. And having a beacon of hope out there can sometimes help people when they have a crisis of meaning or a crisis of faith, ride that existential wave of terror or angst 
out to the other side to more meaning and more faith and belief. And perhaps most of all, I wrote it to ring the alarm bell about a broken system and call for change and family law reform and provide resources to people, uh, families, particularly parents and children, uh, navigating the current family law system. Well, your book opened up my eyes in a whole new way. I did not even realize these problems have been going on for decades in the family law arena. And, but it also changed, it also helped me not to believe everything I read in the press about even Hollywood couples going through high profile divorces because we don't know the story. That's just celebrity narratives being pushed out onto the public and then the public is basically being judge and executioner at the same time. But for you, and let's talk about these fathers. What are the difficulties fathers face in divorce under the current biased courtroom of family law? Oh, a multitude. I mean, the book is called The Respondent. To your point about celebrities, absolutely everyone's struggling with something. And that includes, you know, celebrities and high profile people. Um, and family law doesn't, uh, it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get torn up through it. Um, I guess I guess the place I would start from was the question I asked: Who is the world leader in, in children growing up in single parent families and households? And it's America. Uh, when I looked at some some of the statistics, forty three percent of children living without their father, sixty three percent of youth suicides are from dad deprived homes, seventy one percent of high school dropouts come from dad deprived homes. The list goes on. I could talk for an hour about those statistics. And the one similarity with every statistic is that we know that a, fa a home without a father, a biological father, a present loving father will have imbalance and the metrics for children to go off the rails um, are just in every metric, uh, they're going to be failing or, fa or, or not being as successful. So, so I think we really need to have this conversation, more of a me too dialogue rather than just a me too monologue and talk about why our systems have grown to be this way and are set up this way. Uh, when I found out that 4,000 children lose a parent every day in family law courts across America, when I found out that the states get reimbursed $6,000 for every child that they place in foster care. Now, that's not to say that foster care is not necessary. It is. There are good people within the system, but we're incentivizing that through our federal laws and through our state reimbursements from federal government, we have to wonder what's happening to these children and who is trafficking these children at times and profiteering from the system. Yeah, and you know, you brought up so many points in your book. And ladies and gentlemen, you have to read The Respondent. If you have a happy marriage, I don't care, read the book. But you bring up a lot of things in this book that people need to understand. And we need, you know, we need to understand and have that conversation why it's so important to have fathers involved with their children. If there's been a divorce, the, the father has, still has that fatherly role, that nurturing. And, and you explain that in such detail in your book. I mean, you even brought up the whole subject of toxic masculinity, but you also showed the other side that there's a toxic female side to this as well, which I applaud you for. But many times in this book, you mentioned and you warned us in the very beginning of the book that you would do this. So many times you mentioned the suicide rate of men who take their lives either going through a divorce or after. Why are the numbers so high? 
I think it's a multitude of reasons. I think through history and time, the men have been devalued to the to a degree. We, you know, men go out are sent out to fight wars predominantly, et cetera, et cetera. And there is that chivalric sense that we are going to protect uh, the woman, the female. Um, but I think recently, what we've seen with the advent of the, uh, the the radical third and fourth wave brand of feminism that we've seen enter into our societal discussion, not not the factual empowerment and uh, equality feminists, which I align with, but that radical strain of do away with men, the very idea of the male should be extinct, um, fathers, the nuclear family unit. Um, and I am concerned, very concerned about our younger generation of, of boys. Um, the lack of motivation being instilled in them from our educational system that's not paying too much attention to what boys needs uh, uh, need uh, is disturbing. Uh, our, our, our teachers in, 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 our, in our educational system too often telling children what to think rather than how to think. And if masculinity, to your point about toxic masculinity, um, you know, demonizing masculinity is not the solution, it's the problem. And I don't think talking too much about toxic masculinity, although one could argue that's equality, is the solution either. But if masculinity is being tar targeted, fatherhood lies squarely in the bullseye, in the crosshairs. And a society has rightly broached this, the institution of family in in inclusivity, the tra traditional role model of the family patriarch has been just severely denigrated, I think, across social media, anti-social media, as I call it, mainstream media. And um, we need to start looking to the real nucleus cause of that. And I think from, from my experience and my research, family law is the root cause of our familial tapestry, if you will, being torn and the American personality being disturbed. Uh, we rely on our familial bonds, um, not just our family in terms of blood and kin, but just our relationships and how we get along, how we communicate. And it seems very disturbed right now. Well, how did you keep your own sanity and not become one of those statistics? Uh, through a lot of self-reflective work, uh, through a lot of um, somatic work, through a lot of work, you know, philosophical uh, thinking, um, enriching my, uh, my um, enlightenment, if you will, uh, and reinstilling re some rituals and practices and ceremonies some from uh, my traditional faith that I grew up with, some from other faiths. Uh, I mean, I went, I went to India a couple of times. I went teaching in schools out there um, through a slum school and uh, an orphanage uh, with uh, children who were born with HIV and abandoned on the streets. And I, I learned so much from them and the people I met there. Uh, Qigong, moving meditation. Um, there are certain rituals that I go through every, every morning. Um, and that practice and that belief and that faith in those rituals, uh, my belief system helped me uh, get some relief myself. I write, I write some of this in my book. Uh, I have my book, but I also have a free ebook that's downloadable as well. Uh, it's called The Code. And that's immediate interventions into well-being. So there's many tips or emotional tips or psychological or phenomenological tips in that book uh, for people who, are, who need immediate relief because... There are so many people struggling through this draconian uh, quagmire of a system uh, that, that really is incentivized to the tune of nearly $60 billion. That's what the American divorce machine makes annually. Um, so, yeah, the, it was a lot of faith, I'd just say, and belief, and a lot of help from some very close, dear, loyal friends and, 
experts, a few amazing experts who I listened to and uh, practitioners that I started to practice their ways. Well, as I was reading your book, I was moved with such a power of compassion, mercy, and grace for what you went through. And ladies and gentlemen, we don't have time to, to go through this full-blown story that Greg literally had to live through. And But I encourage you to read his book. But Greg, I want you to tell us about your nonprofit, Children and Parents United. What is that about and what will it do? Yeah, thank you. Children and Parents United, or CPU for short, uh, is really the charitable extension of the respondent. Uh, my book and my story and other people's stories. Um, and I wanted to have something that was kind of a, a project or a nonprofit, like a phoenix from the flames, to find some good, to find some mission and purpose and ex further extend my presence in the world. So CPU, I think you mentioned it earlier, very eloquently, uh, to promote and improve uh, child well-being by providing information and resources to policymakers, legislatures, uh, the general public, uh, resulting in enhanced uh, relationships and reduced conflict for those children and parents navigating our current family law systems. We're developing programs and workshops. Uh, we have three guess, basic uh, main focus areas of attention. One is CPU communication. So we're beginning to develop workshops and programs that promote um, and facilitate improved interpersonal relating because when trust breaks down between two people, it can become extremely challenging to communicate in a, um, a secure functioning way. Um, CPU mediation, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we, we have a group of mediators who worked within the court system who are now working with our charity. Uh, many times we have people in the court system who just by the very nature of it, they are churning within the court system and money and time and things don't get resolved. So our mediators are solutions oriented intervention experts that help um, expedite conflict disputes. And um, we have CPU Law, which is our law, uh, law firm. We're developing and growing a law firm to uh, provide legal advice, support the mediation process so that if two people really can't, can't mediate through their or they, they choose to, to, to not remain uh, married, um, they can be empowered to draw up their own agreement. Of course, that's not our goal. Our goal is to kind of push it, push them back into communication so that they can communicate again and hopefully not divorce because ultimately that's what we want, but we're not forcing people to do that. So the key is here to keep people out of court. That's the key. Keep people out of court, keep the money from people's estates and livelihoods and hard-earned money in their pockets. People work too hard these days and particularly the most vulnerable among us and, you know, poor, uh, poor neighborhoods, people who are uh, living at the poverty line, um, when they get stuck in this system, it can be, I mean, I've talked to multiple fathers, uh, particular and a couple of mothers too, but struck by the living grief. Uh, there is a finality to death and the grieving process. But in family law, when you are suddenly shockingly stricken and separated from your children, the very meaning of your life, and there is no legal or otherwise means to be reconnected. I've read the suicide notes, I call it suicide by living grief. People who simply can't go on. Well, there is hope. Um, there is, uh, there are, there are, our charity will help people. And I just encourage people to uh, reach out to people that they know um, with, a, with, a, with a message or anything, you know. 
Yeah, and the one the, there's so many elements of your book, and it's really and like you said, it's a manifesto, it's a manual, it's a guideline, it's a true story. But I never realized the amount of venom within the family law court system. Every person that was aligned in your battle used you as a plaything. I mean, it was basically just playing racquetball and they didn't care where, where the ball went. You know, they just wanted to win in the end. They didn't care anything about you, but you brought up what goes on with the father. What happens with uh, when child support payments are implemented? What happens when they're missed? And what happens if he gets sent to jail and he can't pay? Well, the debt is still there and growing. You you were in you brought in so much detail into this story. It was mind-boggling, but for me, it was it was emotionally crushing to read every page of that book because I'm sitting there thinking, "Greg, this is true and this happened to you, but it also ha- happens to hundreds of thousands of other men." So one of my questions is, why do you, and and let's kind of look at the Hollywood side here, because in a way that's the side you were on. Why do you think divorce is even so common among celebrity couples? I think we hear about divorces of celebrity couples a lot more, the salacious aspect of it, the uh, public facing uh, media and marketing machine of Hollywood putting out the messages there. I think uh, the quasi kangaroo courts of family law uh, whether it's easy access uh, to documents and also the drumming up of the rhetoric and the hyperbole and the drama within the documents. Uh, you know, we don't, th- there aren't the same procedures as there are in criminal court. You mentioned the child support hustle. I mean, look, they are debtors' prisons, modern day debtors' prisons. Debtors' prisons were abandoned over 100 years ago, yet child support arrears can incarcerate the parent. Um, and 30% of men paying child support are not the biological father. Um, the numbers of men who are in prison um, because they can't literally can't afford it. I often talk about this. It's uh, it's not deadbeat dads. It's dead broke dads. Um, the system wants its pound of flesh and it will collect and it will charge interest. And if it doesn't get its money and interest, you end up in prison. And the man who ends up in prison loses his job, can't afford, and the, the, it goes up and up and up. So. You know, this is this is a this is not a left or a right issue. This is not a rich or a poor issue. This is an issue that affects everyone across the board. I think we just hear more about it when it's a celebrity, and we go, "Oh, it's it, it's happening to them." Oh, um, and if it can happen to Johnny Depp, if it can happen to Brad Pitt, if it can happen to me, um, it's it is and will continue to happen to thousands more people and also mothers as well. This system, once it gets the mother and the father, it doesn't let up. The vultures will rip on the carcass of the family estate until they get everything financially. Well, let me ask you this, because you brought up a point in the book that I never even realized that within family law, within the courtroom, they literally throw the constitution out the window. The fifth amendment and the 14th amendment are completely ignored which means if they would have followed the law, you yourself wouldn't have lost all of what you had in the beginning, correct? Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, look, when the, when the law enforcement were called and they were called uh, a false allegation, it was a 10-word lie, which you're aware of because you read the book, um, they had no warrant, they had no cause, it was hearsay. And now in criminal law, that wouldn't fly. Um, 
But uh, that's all it takes. That's actually the what I call the incarcerating incident, the silver bullet number one of the six silver bullets of high-conflict divorce. It's become a go-to strategy for disgruntled spouses and law firms to use. And it guarantees victory every single time. So, um, you know, we, we have a system here that, that, that really is written, the playbook is written by the attorneys and the law firms who are the state bar associations who have millions of dollars to lobby when some of the brave local heroes across America come together to change the laws. For example, equal shared parenting, 50-50 equal shared parenting. It's it, Twice it's been passed, this, this bill, and they've been trying for many years. It passed in Arkansas and Kentucky. It only passed in Kentucky because it's illegal for law firms to lobby the state legislature and the politicians. So they were keeping the money out. Uh, and they usually come in at the last minute and they create these false statistics and lie and fear monger. And many of these state legislatures and politicians are, they own family law firms or their brothers or their sisters do. So we have to get the money out of this. And we really have to start talking about the real issues going on here, how we improve this system, uh, how we can reform it. And in the meantime, how we can help families, parents and children remain together, not shipwreck them without hope, um, and, and, and have a generation or generations of children growing up without fathers present that were once loving and present. And uh, gosh, it breaks my heart to think about all of those parents, all of those dads, and particularly all of those children who at one moment, their entire life trajectory is changed because of the system. Yes, and Greg... I, I love the part within your book when you wrote the letter to your sons. And yeah, that, that took, I was going to say that took me 56, at least 56 attempts to write that one page. Every time I sat down, what's part of the challenge of writing the book was I was revisiting the, the trauma of the episodes and the events that happened. And um, to write that was excruciatingly difficult, but so important. Yeah. Do you know if they've read it? I do not. Mm. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, mm. Greg Ellis, mm. an incredible book, The Respondent, The Cartel of Family Law. It is the worst, most vile system I've ever read about in my entire life. I have read about kidnappings and, kidnappings and murders and family law is legal kidnapping. And, and fathers lose their status as a father. They lose, lose their status as a man. And Greg, yeah. we only have a couple of I, minutes left. About, I know, ahead. I've talked about that before. I actually call it dad napping. Um, <laughs> you know, and looking at, you know, even looking at the, the CPS and DCFS, the child protection services, for decades now, children have been removed intentionally from mm. their homes by the CPS, seized from their families for profit, snatched. Uh, kidnapped, legally trafficked, whatever one wants to call it, all due to this legislation introduced in 1974, which the, was the Adoption and Safe Families Act, which offers financial incentives to the states that increase adoption numbers. So to receive the adoption incentives and bonuses even, the local child protection services must have more children. They must have more, quote, merchandise. Think about that, uh, to sell. Um, funding is available when a child is placed in a foster home with strangers or in a mental health facility. And what they call it is medicated, usually against the parents' wishes. 
So this victimization of parents and this legalized child snatching is shocking. Uh, I'm, I was shocked that nobody's talking about it. So thank you for having me on and, and having the courage to, you know, really talk about these issues. So important. Well, well Greg, w one of my sayings is if the truth hurts, it ought to. And your book brings out the truth and it should hurt the family law system because it needs to change. And I pray that you, your foundation, Children and Parents United, and all the people that you are working with, I pray that you bring forth change to family law so we can focus on the word family and try to keep as many together, but at the same time, allow the fathers to be a dad to their children if divorce is to happen. So Greg, keep doing the most mightiest of work and real quick, where can all of my viewers and listeners buy the book, The Respondent, and also know more about your foundation? Therespondent.com. Uh, so therespondent.com is the place to find out about uh, the, the book, uh, the audio book that's going to be released on December 7th. Uh, the book is already out, uh, The Respondent, Exposing the Cartel of Family Law. Um, the nonprofit, uh, people can find information there and, and donate as well if they want to help or just get more information if they need help. Um, and that's, uh, that's at therespondent.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it at the bottom of your screen, therespondent.com. Also, if you want to know more about Greg Ellis, go to realgregellis.com. Greg, thank you so much for honoring us with your time and telling us about your incredible story and all of the fantastic work that you are doing. And please, just keep on doing it because so many people rely on your help. You're very welcome and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Are your sinuses sensitive to everything? Do you suffer with seasonal allergies? Primrose Leafs Breathe Q Plus supports sinus and respiratory health, balance the immune system in hypersensitive individuals, promotes normal mucous membrane function, and clears nasal passages naturally. Primrose Leafs Breathe Q Plus. Call them today, 844-926-0007 or go to primroseleaf.com. Call 844-926-0007. It's time for you to breathe easy. You have pain. From muscle pain to back pain, Curamed Acute Pain Relief has you covered. Curamed Acute Pain Relief is tough on pain not on your stomach and liver. Our triple action pain formula is a breakthrough in pain relief in an easy to swallow liquid gel. Safe, effective. Love your results or your money back. Tackle your life again in no time. That's our show for this week. Be sure to visit drwardbond.com for more of our daily television show, weekly radio show, and podcast. We'll be back next week. The Dr. Ward Bond Show is sponsored by the Whitfield Media Group.